Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew Hall, I think you'll agree with me. The man in the studio today is a man we love. And I love wanna, him. We want to be like him. Too. Yes, so much. Yeah. So, Hank Dimohusky. I was, hi. Uh, hi. I was looking around looking to see if Mark Hoffman was in here. So, holy cow. Well, we like we Mark Hoffman, but we think we're shooting a little too high. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can't imagine me being Mark Hoffman. But I'll tell you, brother, I've told you this before, and I want you to hear it all the way to your soul, to your bones, your heart for the people that you lead and serve, the way you pastor people, uh, and the way you correct every grammatical and spelling error at put <laughs> no, It's a gift church. and a curse. It yeah. is, it is. People see me coming going, oh, what did I do wrong now? <laughs> no. A man of many gifts. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Very kind. I want to respond to the question that you asked before we went on. It was like Barry Maguire. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to tell you, like I've told you a couple of other times, and Matt, I want your opinion on this too. Okay. There is, it could be a lot of different reasons while you're here. Lord knows that Matt has put worship people in that seat over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And they're amazing people that yeah. you lead, that you pastor, that you release and unleash on us. But there's a lot of different reasons. But boy, this season that you're in right now, that I get to walk with you and the other guys that are in this season, it's just exciting to me to watch. So number one, let's let people know that don't go to Foothills. You are the founding worship pastor. Yeah. I've never heard it said that way. No, yeah. But the founding worship pastor, you Since are the 1988. Father. It's been a long time. Now yeah. tell me if this rumor is true, and I'll get back to my point. I heard the rumor that you playing guitar in a parking lot and Mark and Dave decided to build a church around you. <laughs> that's, that's, that not, that's not exactly true. I was serving in the worship ministry, and the worship leader ended up getting a job in Orange County. So it was at the church picnic like in 1988, and I was sitting there, and the, Dave and Mark came up and said, Hey, the Lord spoke to us and said that you're supposed to be leading the worship for this church. And I said, You can go back to the Lord <laughs> and speak to him again because I think he's wrong. And they said, No, no, we're 100%. Sure. I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for six months. And if after six months you guys are okay with it, then maybe we'll extend the contract six months. Yeah, that heavyweight contract. And now it's have. been since 1988. So. Well, Don Bastrom has a very similar story like yeah. that. It's hard, it's hard to turn down Mark and Dave, isn't it's hard. it? It's hard. And weren't you touring with Aerosmith or Poco or no, something at the time? No, not at all. You weren't? No. Who was that rock band that you auditioned with, the, but you didn't have a guitar? The The rumor was that I played bass guitar for Eric Burden, The Animals, and that is not true in any way, shape, or form. It might be <laughs> slightly. It went around? But it, he but started. It went around. <laughs> I did not start it. A pastor whose name shall not be mentioned started it. Oh, I just responded what? to a card that was on a billboard in a music store up in LA and they said the animals reuniting need a bass player so I called them they said would you like to audition I said yeah but I don't have a bass <laughs> and I've never played and they one. go they said you're a bass player and you don't have a bass that doesn't make sense so it never happened but somehow the rumor mill got out there wow I love this story. I've never heard that story yes yeah, I love this show for that <laughs> okay so what I want to talk about with Hank but I want to know what you want to talk about Matt 
first of all, you take magnificent care of your people. Mm-hmm. I've seen you in home group. I get not really a behind the scenes look at worship, the worship team, but I know how they speak about you. So caring for people. And so everybody that's listening to this, very few of the people that are listening to our podcast are going to be like the head worship leader of a mega church for so many years, right? That doesn't cross over, but your heart for people really can cross over. And I want people to hear that. Matt, why did you want Hank on this show? Well, the title of our show is Sent 315, Sharing Jesus with People That God Puts Into Your Life Every Day. And a lot of us get put into Hank's life every day, and Hank shares Jesus with us and models Jesus for us. When I say us, uh, there's a lot of us, and yeah. I'm a 50-year-old man. He mentors me, and he mentors me as if I'm his own son. There are teenage people that he mentors, people that are in their 20s, their 30s, and people that are in positions of, of authority and prominence. Yeah, for sure. He's invaluable to us. And then on top of all that, there's even more that he does with people that Jesus puts in his life every day. He has a small group that ministers and caters to people that are elderly or older. Yeah, and yeah. So, that's a cool so, thing. Yeah, because that's being Jesus. That is exactly being Jesus, doing yeah. those things. And that's what this show is about. It's about motivating our brothers and sisters to do the same. Yeah. He's blushing a little bit, by the way, man. You know, it's a funny story about that Thursday home group that I lead. It was about five years ago, right after I retired from the post office. And the guy that was leading the home group there gave us two weeks notice and said, hey, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. So Jim Dealing came up to me and said, we got this home group. They really need a leader. Can you do it until I find somebody else? And, <laughs> and he and immediately I, and I said, stopped looking. I said, okay, fine. I <laughs> said, yes, of did. course I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. And I'm still waiting for that subsequent guy to come in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and you know Jim's spending every wake oh, yeah, moment trying, trying to replace to, you. I keep telling the home group, you know that I'm an interim home fellowship pastor. <laughs> I'm not going to be here all the time or forever. So, And one of the problems is that home group keeps growing and growing, doesn't it's it? It's insane. <laughs> Kevin, it started with seven people, and now we're up to 43. It's oh just- Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to say. And I get to sub for you coming up pretty soon, You do, I? yeah. I don't know. I hope- Will you tell your people, listen to this episode. Okay. They'll- might not show this up is a home day. group that's in the middle of the day, correct? Oh, yeah, it's a 10.30 yeah, in the yeah, morning. Yeah, it is. And one last thing on that, and then I want to get into some, some stories, Hank. But the thing for me, Matt, is on First Peter 3.15, I really truly believe that Hank embodies the last three words of that verse. And it says, with gentleness and respect. And that's what I've seen for, dude, I'm going in my third decade. And I, w- I used to be the rookie so on staff. Kind. You're so kind. Well, this is how you wrote it down you, in the I've script, got you, Hank. I've got you wrote fooled down too. every word of this. I got you fooled. <laughs> well, fooled. we'll talk to your family, see. Yeah. Okay, so it's changed a little bit. You were always, quote, part-time, which is really ridiculously funny, because like Don Bastrom, part-time doesn't mean part-time. So that's number one. But now you've taken on some responsibilities. You're pastoring the worship team, but you've got some young guys that you've raised up. Mm-hmm. And so you've picked up what the church would call congregational care, maybe, right? How do you describe it? So that's church words. Well, I retired in 2016 from the post office. And after I retired, I came into Dave's office, Dave and Mark, and asked them, what do you want me to do? Because I don't think that pastoring the worship team is actually a full-time job for this church. It's a great organization and a great group of people. And they all have their heads on straight pretty much. 
So they said, why don't you work on putting a team together that can reach out to our visitors and make sure that they're getting connected when they come in and that they feel loved and welcomed. So the Lord put together a really good team. I said, I can oh, do I can, I can do that. Folks. And then they said, hey, we'd like you to do congregational care. And I said, well, what's that? And they said, we'd like you to visit people in the hospitals, let us know if somebody's ill or somebody's getting close to passing away, whatever. And I said, well, I can do that. So I just start, I keep an eye on Facebook and I keep my ear to the ground if I find out somebody's sick and we try to go and visit them in the hospital. Yeah. Or we try to visit them in their homes or wherever they're at. Yeah, when I get to play with you sometimes. In yeah, that you do. And it's dealing, fun. Yeah. It is really great fun. Yeah. It's one of those honors. And by the way, this is to, to say, you don't have to be a pastor to do this kind of stuff. Absolutely at not. All. So I want people to hear, it's just like, you don't have to be an evangelist to go share Jesus with True. people. So this True. is a job for people that are built this way. But boy, we get invited into sacred Situations. moments yeah. in time for people when they're at the end of yeah. their life and visit people in their living room when they're battling cancer. Sure. And it is an honor to be invited in and to tangibly feel the presence of God and his love for people. Yeah. It is an extraordinarily cool thing. Sometimes inconvenient. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember Jim and I got up one morning and some guy was getting surgery and he was getting checked in at like 4.55 in the morning in La Jolla. And, you don't live uh, in La Jolla, do you? Oh, no, not, not no, we moved. We, we, <laughs> we downsized a little bit. So we ended up getting up at, uh, gosh, I don't know, it was oh, dark 30 and getting down to it was able to meet him and pray for him before he went into surgery. And yeah. it's amazing when the people say, you, you'll do that for us? Yeah. They're so amazed. Like, well, yeah, we're pastors and we love you. Yeah, but your family. That, but but you, your family and you would come down here, you'd make, you'd go cross over the Coronado Bridge to come and pray for us at seven o'clock in the morning before I go in for surgery. Really? You'll do yeah. that? Sure. We love you. I, I'll never it. forget when you and I just did that exact thing yeah. recently. It was a big traffic jam. We had to find our way oh, to that hospital yeah. in Coronado. By the way, the Coronado Hospital, what, what is it? Is it sharp? Is it scrim? I think so, sharp. I think so. The hospital in Coronado, everybody go there. Yeah, it's yeah. super nice. That's a good yeah. hospital. But we were praying for our sister, Barbara and Errol, Errol who I've got to oh, hang out in Cuba yeah. with. So we're praying for them. And the surgery went great and everything, right? Oh. And then the little line started because the Lord told me, hey, pray for that valet dude. You did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. So I'm uh -huh. praying for this valet dude and what he needs. And then this lady who evidently was Catholic because she saw us praying and she started yeah. crossing herself and she said, is this the prayer line? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, was, was and people hilarious. want prayer. Yes. You know, you know it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. I had a sweet lady on our street and I was almost getting misty talking about her, but she was there when we moved in on our street. And her name was Leslie. And um, slightly before Christmas, she found out that she had brain cancer. It was some kind of glastomoma or something like that. It was really bad stuff. And I asked her husband, can I go down to the hospital and pray for her? And he said, that would be nice. Thank you so much. So I get down to Sharp off of 163, and I get in the elevator to go up to her room to pray for her. And right to my right is a lady that attends our church, mm -hmm. whose husband is in the hospital for a variety of different reasons. And I said, okay, what are you doing here? And she told me the story. So, okay, look, I'm praying for this lady on the fifth floor. I'll come down to you afterwards and I'll pray for your husband. And she goes, that would be lovely. Okay. So I go and pray for Leslie, come downstairs and pray for Jim. His name was Jim. 
And then when I'm going down the elevator <laughs> to go home, there's this young man just gets in the elevator and I said, hey man, how's your day going? And he goes, that's not really that good. I just came to say goodbye to my grandfather. He's passing away. And I said, man, can I pray for you? <laughs> so I'm going trifecta. This is amazing. You know what? I was going there for one reason and God opened up these other doors for me to be able to, to speak to and to minister to other people. I'm blown away by the number of times that we stumble into the work that God is doing. It's like the old saying, you're going to take Jesus somewhere. Jesus is already there. You're catching yeah. up with him so much of the time, right? He went ahead of you. Yeah. There's another time, and Leslie was involved in it as well. She got moved to a nursing home two miles from our house. It was right before Christmas, so I said, I'm going to take my guitar. I take my little baby Taylor down to the nursing home, and she can't talk. The first thing that went with her cancer was that she lost her speech. She couldn't communicate. So I said, I'm just going to take my guitar down, and I'll just sing a couple Christmas carols to her and just pray for her and love on her. And we did that. My wife was with me. And then when we were leaving, there was this little lady sitting at the front door, and she said, I missed the concert. And I said, no, you didn't. And I went and sat down right in front of Muriel, and I said, I came to sing for somebody else, but I want to sing for you now. Mm. And you'll do that? I said, yeah, right now. I said, what's your favorite Christmas carol? And she, I think she said, Oh, Holy Nights. I know that one. Hank and knows 20,000 songs, by the way, I guys. Know songs. I'm a mini Spotify. But just to see the look on her face, because she was just sitting there with her walker at the front door, just gazing out the window. And somebody took the time yeah. just to mm -hmm. love on her for yeah. and five minutes. I mean, what did it take? And I just told her, every time I come back and see Leslie, if you're here, I'll sing to you. And wow. Unfortunately, Leslie passed away rapidly, but... um. Anyway, we've had a couple of conversations talking about this conversation and what we would talk about. And uh, you've told me a couple of other stories that, especially if I hang out with Shane, it, we, you know, iron sharpens iron or this spiritual jealousy that is good. It's not a bad jealousy. It's like, oh, I want some of that. That sounds so great. I want that to happen more often. Do you remember a couple of the ones that we talked about? I said, oh, we got to write that down. We got to write that oh, down. Oh, it's kind of like, uh, well, the very first time I met Aaron Martin, Aaron uh. Merkelbrad, was Pastor Dave. I was down at the church. I had gotten off of work. And this was, I think, when she was eight years old. And I'd gotten off of work and I stopped. And he goes, what are you doing? I said, well, what, what do you tell your boss? I'm working hard, boss. <laughs> of course you but, are. I'm but, really But busy. right now I'm just in between projects. So, hey, you want to go down to the hospital and pray for a little girl? I said, sure. And can you explain the situation a little bit? Well, Aaron Martin, who's Kathy Martin's has she been on the show? No, she no. hasn't. Okay. Kathy's coming well, up. Aaron hasn't gotten booked yet. Okay, but well, people have heard Kathy Aaron, Martin's name a lot on yes. this show. Yeah, Aaron had kidney problems, really bad kidney problems. She was pretty sick. I don't know if Kathy and Paul had just recently joined the church or whatever, but Dave said, come on, let's go down and pray for these things. I said, okay, I've never... I've never done this before, you know. Did you grab your baby tailor? I didn't grab my baby tailor at that time. I don't think they had baby tailors at that time. But I just said, I'll go down with you. So we went down there, and there was mom and dad was in the room, and there was Aaron in the room, little Aaron Martin, eight years old. Cutest little cutest, girl Still cutest world. could be. She's adorable. We prayed for her, and I could just see gratitude on the family's face, and I could sense the presence of God in there. And obviously the prayers work. Here she is now, 40. <laughs> I don't know if she's 40 years old. Or she's not a day over 20. Not a day over on. 20, yeah. But well, and this is post two kidney transplants, wow. yeah. one from her sister and one from, from her mom. mom. Yeah. And now 
she got a boy. She's got yeah. a little boy, and she is healthy, and, and every, she's a mama. Every so often, we're blessed to have her sing on the worship team, too, yeah. when her schedule allows. So, And she has anyway. sang the national anthem more times than anybody right. I know. You know, another story I remember. I was going visiting a friend at a hospital, and I think it was Sharp as well. He was in a bad auto accident, so I went to pray for him. I remember coming downstairs after I left to pray for him and visit him, and I saw this little kid sitting in a wheelchair, and I assumed it was his mom sitting next to him. His head was bald, and so I figured, oh, it's a cancer patient. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, you need to go pray for that kid. And I said, um, the kid doesn't know me, and I'm going to look like I'm a Jesus freak weirdo, and mom's going to be freaked out. And she said, go pray for him. So I would totally disobey the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I just started walking toward the exit of the lobby of the hotel and i felt like somebody had cast my legs into cement i could barely move my legs to make steps wow and i realized that if i wasn't obedient and if i didn't go back and pray for that kid i was not going to get out of the lobby of the hospital i was not going to be able to get to my car <laughs> so i said fine lord <laughs> okay so i turned around and i just basically said i know you're going to think i'm weird but i'm a christian and i was leaving visiting a friend and i I really believe the Holy Spirit wants me to come in and pray for your, your son. Is that all right? And the look on our face was, of course, that's all right. <laughs> what are you, some kind of knucklehead? <laughs> yeah. So I went and prayed for the kid. Really short prayer, just laid my hands on him, prayed for him. And it was just like all the cement left in my legs. Wow. And, I, and I was able to leave the hospital. So don't know what to say. <laughs> well, this is what I want you to take a few minutes on. Because I have found in the time that Matt and I have been doing this, that somebody who has been called and anointed and equipped to do something has something special to pass along to people that might be following behind. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So this is an opportunity for people to do the most diabolical, cunning type of evangelism, which is serving people and loving people. How do people argue with that when you're serving and loving them? Even if you do get rejected every once in a while, what would you say to the person who says, you know what, I'm scared of that. I don't know if I could do that. What encouragement would you give a listener? Well, one of the reasons why I do this is because John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world. God has a high value on humans. He really loves humans. He loves humans so much that he sent his son to die for us humans. So if he loves humans, I need to love humans. And I need to go and express his love to them in every season of life. I also know that our big brother Jesus really values those that go out of their way to minister to people in need. Matthew 25 talks about when he's talking about the righteous people and the unrighteous people and said, hey, you visited me in the hospital. You visited me in the prison. You visited me when I was sick. You gave me food when I was hungry. And everybody goes, when did I do that, Lord? Yeah. And he goes, when you did it for the least of me, when you did it for my brothers and my sisters. So reaching out and going and doing these things brings a lot of pleasure to. So if that isn't motivation, it brings a lot of pleasure to the Lord Jesus Christ that you're going and ministering to people in need. So... I guess that would be one way that would be a motivational thing to get people out there and doing these things because it pleases Jesus to do it. Yeah, that should be a good starting point. Yeah, and excellent. the fact is when you do do it, I kind of look at it this way. I got a buddy, not walking with Jesus, but we've had some real God conversations recently. 
he's the kind of buddy who, if he sees a Christian bumper sticker, he sends it to me to translate for him or <laughs> some verse. And so I'm the guy, kind of like when you're maybe the only Christian in the family, so you always get to pray for the food at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm that guy in his life. And he sent me one, it, these were promises in the Bible, just it's a, it, a little pamphlet some church put out. Somebody was being obedient to go hand that out and he sends it to me. So I get to walk him through a Bible study about promises. And one of them was that he draws close to the brokenhearted. Well, these people in these situations that our listeners, that we as the body of Christ can get close to, Jesus is close to him. Mm -hmm. Get in on it. Because yeah. Jesus draws close to the brokenhearted, the contrite in spirit. And then you get to go be with him too. And I get to partner with him. And yeah. This is pretty amazing. So you want to go where Jesus is at and what Jesus yeah. is doing. And it's just so obvious that that's what he's about. Sometimes too, you are the light that Jesus is bringing. Jesus is there, but they may not be aware because you're the tool that he's using to light it up. I mean, he could easily go by himself yeah. jesus could and he could show up but he chooses yeah to use us and he wants to use us to go and extend his grace and his mercy and his comfort to those that are uh things in second corinthians it says he comforts us so that we can comfort others so we're working as like this channel or this conduit of the grace of god just like when we're praying for people down during ministry time people coming up there they're broken they're hurting they got illness or they got an estranged marriage or something like that they're losing their job and we get to partner with the lord yeah. jesus christ in ministering in that thing so it's the same thing at the hospitals or the nursing homes or at somebody's home there. yeah because it has to be outside the walls yeah right it obviously happens inside of church services all over the place and especially where we get to hang out but one of the greatest joys in that whole formula because jesus is inviting us in because he's good for us too but man isn't it so cool when you pray for somebody and they come back mm. and they tell you how God answered that prayer and you yeah. get to be tagging yeah. on to it and everything. And you're going, that. dude, that's so cool. Especially with Aaron, that Aaron story. I mean. Well, I didn't even know that. So that's especially cool for me. Yeah. To hear it. I don't know if we've shared this on the air, but there was Melissa Daniels story. I love that story. And I don't know who prayed for Melissa Daniels, but Melissa and Jesse, we're trying to have a kid and there was a tumor in the womb with the kid wow. and it just kept growing and jesse drug his wife down for prayer and she didn't want to go she had a bad attitude and i don't know that i wouldn't have had a bad attitude too she went down and she got prayer and i think it was actually the next morning if not a few days later she goes back and the sonogram specialist is a new one that's there. And they're doing the sonogram because they're going to have to abort the baby mm. um, to get the tumor out. And because Melissa might die. She's going through all of that. And so Melissa goes, so what's going on with the tumor? And the tech goes, what tumor? No, no way. Tumor's no. gone. And there's a Beautiful kid named Dakota running around our church when was this eh, about a dozen years ago or so wow. maybe 15 something like that it's in the first book of in times of trouble it's in the first times of trouble yeah, book and anybody that wants a copy of in times of trouble if there's some still in print i'll be glad to send it to them 
But this is the deal. The tumor was bigger than the baby. The tumor is gone. Who doesn't want to get in on that kind right. of stuff? And you know what? Everybody you pray for, pretty certain everybody isn't going to get healed. That'd be very, very cool. But you don't stop telling people about Jesus because people reject it. You don't stop praying for people right. because every prayer doesn't end up healing somebody or something like that. But you just got to get in the game. Amen. Indeed. Indeed. Hank, I would like you to just share your heart on what the Lord's teaching you these days right now with you. Oh, wow. I have a couple, the lady on our street that passed away and obviously they've been married like 38 years and he's grieving. And I have a very close friend that's in my Tuesday home group whose wife passed away the day after Leslie passed away. And they were married, I think 47 years, high school sweethearts. So one of the things that I'm learning about or the Lord's helping me to understand is how to minister to people when they're grieving. I, there's so much about grief I do not understand. There's so much about grief that I can't even grasp. I don't think I've ever grieved in my life. My mom passed away. There was sadness. But the grief that these guys are going through right now is really pretty amazing. And it's sad to watch. But I'm connecting myself with some people that are helping me to grow in that thing. Bill Gusky, mm. if you know Bill, he's a hospice chaplain. I just met with him for breakfast one time. And I learned so much about ministering to grief and people that are grieving. God's taking me through a season right now where I'm passing batons to the younger people. I'm learning to help them grow in that. And by doing that and seeing the young people growing up, it's giving me this hope and opportunity for me to be able to say, okay, Lord, what next? Some of this responsibility is gone. I'm not on the platform very much. I don't look as great in skinny jeans as some of the other Actually, guys everyone, that, that's not true. I want uh, you to check out the worship <laughs> videos and you'll see Hank. Yeah, anyway, it's just opened up more doors. So I'm just looking. So this is a season I'm in right now. It's just saying, okay, Lord, what, what now? Yeah. What now? I really love people. I really want to love on people. I want to love on people in, in their times of need uh, to let them know that Jesus really cares. So trying to grow in that. All right, right on. Let's do two things. One is I think that I'm, Supposed to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to your family because they're going to be listening to my family. Yeah. So oh, heck. give them a shout out. Oh, God bless my wife, Vicky. We're almost married 45 years. Yeah, There's going to wow. be 45 years in October. My wonderful son, Joshua, is going to be 43 in uh, June. Is Hi, it Josh. true that he's the mayor of Foothills? He is the mayor of Foothills. Foothills sure. Church Mayor. Yeah, yeah, a lot of churches church don't have right. mayors, but he is yeah, he's the self-appointed and he's, he's and, he's, mayor. and he's the mayor of our street as well. He'll be walking down the street, and one guy around at the end of the street, he goes, the mayor's in the house. My <laughs> beautiful daughter, Robin, and her wonderful husband, Anthony, produced, I've only got three, but three of the most beautiful and brilliant grandkids they really are i saw world. one of them today in the coffee bar and she was yeah, looking she's brilliant. Good, she's gorgeous and she's smart and she loves jesus and um and so there's yeah. some soccer players in there too yeah jake's playing on the soccer team up at biola university did you know what biola university stands for no i went up to him and said hey jake um who's was it ed biola or was it bill <laughs> biola who's his rich benefactor he goes papa Bible Institute of Los Angeles. <laughs> the things I you learn. And I show. had no idea. <laughs> the look on his face, like, 
where have you been? There oh is goodness. no anyway, Joe it's, it's Biola. So, it's yeah, but it's just I, it's just been such a joy watching them grow. And I have my youngest grandson Henry. He's fourteen. He's almost as tall as me, and he's really smart and gifted as an athlete. And I'm just so blessed by my grandkids and the gift they are to me. And seeing the Lord's hand on Joshua and protecting him and keeping him healthy over the years. And some people may or may not know, but 2022, we had some health challenges that happened. And the Lord carried my daughter, my wife, and myself through some significant stuff. And and his faithfulness was really um, evident during that time. So Okay. Well, the only thing we got left to do is for you to pray for everybody. However, the Lord leads you to pray. Thanks, Kevin. Father, we want to just thank you for your great love for us. And Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you choose to use the likes of us to be an extension of your love and your mercy. You could go to every hospital room that we go to, but you choose for us to partner with you in that adventure. So Lord, I pray that whoever's listening out there right now, if there's people that come into their minds that they need to go and pray for, that you will just motivate them by your love to extend your love to those that are hurting and broken. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Hank. I love you. Love you too.